that is the sound of a vacuum that sucks in a good way. Yeah, all right. Sweet. Beautiful. Up until today, my Hoover wind tunnel machine has been sitting in the basement for years after it started emitting an awful burning smell when I vacuumed. I had planned to get it fixed one of these days, but then I heard about something called repair cafes. So there are multiple repair cafes that happen across the globe. Uh, it was started by an artist in the Netherlands in I believe 2007. Uh, since then, it really has kind of expanded and blown up uh, and it really is a global phenomenon. That is Dustin Booth with the Pikes Peak Library District in Colorado Springs, Colorado, that's sponsoring today's repair cafe at a small industrial building just west of downtown. On this Saturday afternoon, kids to retirees are gathered around tables, engrossed in fixing items from lamps and toys to furniture and clothing. People have various reasons for attending this free and lively event. Many want to prevent stuff from going to landfills. Some want to preserve objects with sentimental value, and others who've never picked up a screwdriver in their lives want to learn new skills. Um, we kind of match them up with a person, you know, so if you have a, a shirt that needs to be sewed, we send you over to the people who, ha who have the uh, sewing machine and they go through and, uh, and fix your stuff for you. So when I walk in with my vacuum, I get paired with Drew Johnson, one of tens of thousands of volunteers who offer their expertise free of charge at nearly 3,000 repair cafes worldwide. I start by trying to give him some background on my ailing machine. So I don't know, I can't sure. give you a complete diagnosis. So what would be the first step? Well, my uh, you eat the elephant one bite at a time. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll uh, kind of uh, plug it in and see the lack of suction and uh, go from there. Perfect. Oh, there we go. Okay. Yeah. Burning. Burning smell. That's never pleasant. Um, so I'm going to suggest that uh, something in here is making that smell, and we can take this cover off and clean it up, and then try it again. It doesn't take long before Johnson finds the culprit a braided string of plastic, maybe from a toy, that had wound itself around the brush. While I am jubilant at breathing new life into my machine, not all repairs are that easy. Over at the next table, Joe Slater and his wife are working with a volunteer to fix three items they brought in. An iron, a lamp, and soap dispenser. While they got help with the light fixture, no such luck with the soap dispenser. The gentleman here just explained to me that because of the, what the plastic is made of, it won't adhere that just any glue. Has to be a special glue. Really special glue? Therein lies a problem that repair cafes encounter. More and more, consumer goods are made with electronics or specialty parts that make do-it-yourself repairs challenging. Earlier this afternoon, Johnson had been prevented from fixing a lamp because it had proprietary screws. It's a frustration that a movement called the right to repair is working to address. To me, it just means you bought it, you own it. You should be able to fix it on your own terms. That's Nathan Proctor with the Public Interest Research Group, which is part of the Right to Repair Coalition, along with organizations like the Electronic Frontier Foundation and Consumer Reports. The legislation that we've been working on mostly at the state level 
requires manufacturers to provide open access to the parts, tools, and information that they have to do the repairs. Versions of right-to-repair laws have been passed in five states, including Colorado, California, Massachusetts, Minnesota, and New York. Colorado's law covers farm equipment and wheelchairs, while Minnesota's law, currently the broadest, pertains to devices like phones, laptops, appliances, and other equipment. It causes a lot of problems when you can't fix something. This came to light during the first few months of COVID because they couldn't fix the ventilators they were getting from the national stockpile because of the proprietary restrictions that manufacturers put in place. Increasingly, Proctor says... Right to repair is also about getting back to a place where manufacturers make products that last longer. You know, Americans get rid of some 416,000 cell phones every day. If Americans use their cell phones for one year longer on average, I calculated that it would have the same benefits to the climate as taking 636,000 cars off the road. Countering our appetite for disposable products that just end up in landfills is one reason that Morgan Felser is at today's event. She brought a non-functioning toy car big enough for her son to ride in. The culture of, oh, we'll just buy a new one. It's cheaper just to go to Walmart and buy a new one. You know, why bother fixing it? And I just, I, the plastic, the amount of resources that go into making each new thing is not really taking into consideration. So we don't have to throw everything away. We can fix it. The car has become the centerpiece of today's event, with several of the volunteers taking a crack at fixing it. So much so, you would think the vehicle would just operate off everyone's enthusiasm alone. Ultimately, through teamwork, they did get it running. Usually, it, it turns out to be like a fairly simple fix. So yeah, why not? And it, it's community, I mean, also, right? Like it's bringing people together and everybody gets joy out of it, so. As the youngster motors out of the building and is now functioning toy Jeep, if the right to repair movement grows, he might one day live in a world where products are more durable and kinder to the planet. And when things do inevitably break, he can have fun putting it back together again, perhaps with the skill he learned at a repair cafe. For H2O Radio in Colorado Springs, Colorado, I'm Franny Halprin.